0: Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast joined today. She's a type one diabetic content creator and entrepreneur. It's Jessica McCauley. How are you doing today, Jessica?
1: Good. Thanks for having me.
0: We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what you like doing growing up.
1: Um, So I'm actually from Southern California and lived here my entire life. Um, And I actually played a lot of soccer when I was growing up. And then when I hit about 15, I was like, I'm over it. (laughs) And then um, graduated high school and um, actually went and got my cosmetology license and have been doing hair and now starting content creating since then. So it's been fun.
0: What did you like about soccer that got you into it?
1: Uh, My brother played a lot of sports. Uh, He played baseball and he was the catcher. And I was actually the goalie on like a bunch of club teams for soccer, which is so funny. Cause I was always the smallest on the, on the field or on the team. And I was somehow shoved in the goal, which is the biggest thing ever. Um, but I, I got to pat myself on the back. I did pretty good. So, but it's just, it was every single weekend all day, you know, taking my parents time, taking family time. So I was like, I think we're good with this on, on this one.
0: <laughs> with sports was that something that you and your brother bonded over?
1: Um, we did. We are about three and a half, four years apart. So we've always been pretty close. Um, My brother's very laid back, just kind of goes with the flow and so am I. So we've always gotten along. We've always had like the same group of friends or I've gotten along with his friends. He's gotten along with my friends. So it's always kind of just worked out.
0: Growing up in Southern California, is there anything that people don't know about the lifestyle or the things to do down in South, Car- uh, South Carolina, South <laughs> California that maybe people don't know about as I'm a Midwestern. So uh-huh. never been to California, but is there yeah. anything that's unique about it that you enjoyed?
1: Um, I actually live really close to the mountains. So I live pretty far up uh, and it's beautiful. We actually got a lot of snow the other day, which was <laughs> the first time, which every single one of my neighbors was out. We were all like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So that was probably the newest one, but um, I feel like there's a stereotype with California that like, if you live in California, like LA area, everyone thinks you live like next to a celebrity and don't know a celebrity, never met one. (laughs) You know, everyone thinks like, oh, you live next to like Kim Kardashian. And I'm like, nope, not even close. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's always like a thing like, oh, you live in California. And I'm like, yep, but nowhere near a celebrity, nothing. So I actually never go to LA. <laughs> I don't like LA. <laughs> I
0: I feel like that time that part of the town, it's it's too busy. Like there's it so is. many people and you never know I mean, you never know who you're gonna see out there. So yeah. which is kind
1: of fun, but it's, there's just so much going on and where me and my husband and son live, like we got a little bit of a property. So like we are kind of by ourselves, but like, you know, we're just like kind of do our own thing. I'm like, there's too much going on over there. (laughs) I don't like that.
0: (laughs) As you're growing up, did you have anyone that was a huge motivator for you or an inspiration in your life?
1: Um, I would just say my family, my parents, uh, my dad is like my absolute best friend. Uh, he was always, you know, working, but he would always make time to make sure he went to our soccer games or my brother's baseball games, or, you know, when we were little, we had like the little singing, you know, things in school. He always made that. Um, and my mom, she was always just right there with us every single step of the way. She actually quit her job when I was in high school. So she could go with me through high school and do everything with me. So for sure, my parents, you know, they're always your biggest supporter.
0: Is that something now that you look at that it's still part of your life where the family is huge and it's so important to have those interactions, have that time to spend with them?
1: Yeah. Now that I'm a mom myself, um, I want to give that to my son and I don't work. I have a little business, as you can tell, all the stuff in the back. But um, I wanted to be able to, you know, tell my son like, hey, mom was always there. Dad was always there. You know, we were always whatever walk my son, Walker, that's his name, whatever he wants to do, let's do it, you know, as a family. Um, and I'm very close with my in-laws as well. So they're always included and my parents are always included. So family's always, you know, been a big thing for me.
0: We always sometimes are asked that fun question. What is that dream job of ours? You mentioned how you went to cop or went to school for cosmetology. What was that dream job that you were wanting?
1: I actually did work it for about a year um so I got my cosmetology license and I was like doing hair for about a few years um and then I ended up moving to Portland Oregon for about a year um because my dad is on the railroad so we kind of like moved around a little bit for a sec and I was teaching at a cosmetology school as a teacher um and I've always wanted to be a teacher I just never you know saw myself as a teacher but so I was doing hair as a teacher and it was the best job I've ever had and the hours and stuff are a little different here in California so I couldn't do it here um but it was like the best job I worked with the best people it was so much fun
0: when you were going for cosmetology did you kind of like get inspired to like utilize the skills or techniques that you were learning with your daily what you did with your hair and stuff
1: yeah I mean girl I've Pretty girly as <laughs> <laughs> and Adele. And, you know, I was like, I might as well just kind of continue with that. You know, I knew makeup, I knew hair, I knew all those things and cosmetology. You can go so many different routes with it that, you know, I wanted to explore as much routes as I could with it. So obviously went to school for it and then continued on from there. And I still keep it. Um, like I said, I'm a full time mom now, but, Uh, yesterday morning, I cut my husband's hair, I cut like all his friend's hair, cut my (laughs) father-in-law's hair, you know, it just is an ongoing thing. So, um, but it's fun. It's easy. And I really enjoy it. Um, I'm always like a very hands-on person. I can, I couldn't go to school and like read books all day. Not my thing. So (laughs) I had to be hands-on, get in there. So that really worked well for me.
0: That's how I was with school. I hated textbooks. I'm like, if I could don't have to buy it, perfect class for me. (laughs) I feel that I'm always a person that get me out into the real world and let me experience it. Let me learn from actually doing it. than just sitting, even with work nowadays, if you have a presentation, let me get involved with it. Than sitting for an hour in a meeting and someone read off a PowerPoint. That's just not fun. And I feel like with cosmetology schools, they're so hands-on with Mm -hmm. the actual learning. And I think that's what makes people thrive in that business because yes. they are experiencing the real world atmosphere
1: yeah and that's a lot of the like mentality that i had when i was teaching in portland um you know everything is textbook and i'm like you're not going to do all half of this when you get into the real world, you know, it completely changes. So a lot of that I tried to teach to my students at that time was like, yes, you can do it this way, but there's also this way in the real world because you're going to completely change in the real world. So that was a lot of uh how I taught them and just got them ready for, you know, real life because real life can hit you pretty hard sometimes. So I was Um, like, let's try to prepare for a little bit.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of the real world hitting hard for listeners out there, Jessica and I are going through similar journeys with our stories as type one diabetics. And I want to get into your story as a type one diabetic. Talk about the moments leading up before the diagnosis.
1: (laughs) You know, it was, it sounds funny, but it was just a normal day. Like me and my mom uh, went to the mall and I absolutely love cinnamon rolls. So we went to Cinnabon that <laughs> week and I have not eaten it since being diagnosed. So, um, and I was like, mom, let's get one. Like that sounds really good. She's like, okay. So we got one and then we ended up getting in and out for dinner. And I don't, I feel like this sounds terrible, but I don't eat like this anymore, uh, <laughs> but we got in and out for dinner. And then I ended up breaking out in like a really weird rash. And I was like, that's weird. Um, And I'm not like allergic to anything. So my mom's like, all right, we'll we'll go to the doctor's tomorrow. So we go and still woke up with it. And that was the day before. And that's when it all went downhill from there.
0: (laughs) Did doctors ever notice anything? Like we always hear the signs that, oh, you drink a lot of water. And I always told my parents, I'm like, that was just a normal me. Like I would just drink a bunch of water and they always say, Oh, that's a sign. But was there ever like signs even before that day that doctors were noticing anything?
1: No. Um, and they never tested me for it. It's not in my family. I'm the only one. So it never like came up and like thinking back, I never really felt the signs until probably about a week before I got diagnosed. I think that's when it like really set in. But other than that, I was fine. Like I said, played sports, you know, never felt weird um, thinking about how I feel now and never.
0: How old were you when you got diagnosed?
1: I was 22.
0: Okay. So you were, you lived the 21 year old time. Yeah. And the whole, that kind of scene. And then you got it. That's just. hmm do you think it was a shocking whirlwind when you got diagnosed? Cause now you're like, okay, my life has to change a little yeah. bit. I mean, we, tra- we always talk about, we try not to change stuff cause we're normal people just with extra stuff that we have to take care of. But did that play in an effect with your diagnosis?
1: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I feel like when you're 21, 22, you're in your prime, you're going out, you're having fun, you know, and being diagnosed with type one diabetes. And I absolutely hate needles. So that was yeah. worse for me. Um, and, you know, it was just a whirlwind, especially because I had no idea what it entailed and how much effort and time and emotion goes into it. Um, so it was definitely a I don't want to say a big slap in the face, but a big slap in the face. Um, but, you know, it's just such a thing now. Like, it, I just go through the motions. Like, I don't even think about it anymore. It's just something that I do every single day, you know. So it's definitely turned out to be good, I guess. It has its days, but it definitely was a whirlwind.
0: How had the first few years with type 1 diabetes been for you? What was kind of the mindset? What was the lifestyle that you were living?
1: Um, I would say probably the first month of being diagnosed, I was very depressed, you know, just like I said, completely changed my lifestyle. Um, I didn't want to go out anymore. I didn't want to do anything. I felt like if I went outside, I was just going to like drop dead, like Mm -hmm. just terrified, you know? Um, but my parents were really good about like, Hey, you're all right. Let's go to classes. Let's watch YouTube videos. Like let's watch other people, you know, just, just make sure you're not alone. Cause like I said, I don't have anyone else in my family has it. Um, so, you know, I just kind of took it day by day and I think it, I don't know, it was just such a world. I feel like it, I feel like I don't even remember those years, but, (laughs) um, before you know it, you know, you're, I'm almost eight years in and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that was, it's gone by so fast, you know? So, um, I would say the first month was pretty rough, but then I'm like, it could be worse. Someone's got it worse Yeah. you know, like it still sucks. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) You know, I have a good life. I got a good family. I'm still here. I'm somewhat healthy, you know? Um, so, and then I think it did kickstart my like gym journey. Like I got really into the gym and working out and just trying to better myself like that way too. So I think that kickstarted it as well.
0: As diabetics, having that support system around us is so key because we sometimes feel that we're alone in going through this journey. With your husband, your family, were they, were you one of those people that you wanted them to ask questions so that they really understood what you were going through? So that if they noticed that if you were out and they see something, they could react and have that knowledge in a way.
1: Yeah. Um, for example, when I first started dating my husband, I was like, we went on a date. We went to dinner, had some drinks. And I'm like, Hey, like, and I was doing MDIs at the time. And I'm like, Hey, I gotta like take a shot, you know? And he's like, oh, okay, drinks, you know? I'm like, no, like I need to stab myself really quick. for a minute. <laughs> And he's looking at me like, and I'm like, this either makes us or breaks us. And he was like, Whoa, what is that? Like, why do you have that? What does it do? You know, all this stuff. So now he's so in tune with like my attitude. It's like, he's like, is your blood sugar high? Is that why you're in a bad mood? I'm like, yeah, I'm like 300, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm low, it's of course all my lows happen at night and I'm like, Lino, I'm like, hey, go give me a juice. And then he normally comes back with one cause he wants to drink one as well. So he's definitely, you know, picked up on it pretty well.
0: I love that you mentioned that how it's like 300, <laughs> leave me alone. Cause I will, I will be on the phone with my mom and she's like, if my blood sugar is low, I sound like I'm drunk, even though I don't even, I don't drink. I rarely drink. And she goes, are you, is your blood sugar low? I go, yes, I know I'm low, but yeah. I'm normal. I'm fine.
1: And yeah,
0: for us, it's just, Oh, uh, we're just used to it. We feel this way, but it's like, it's hard for other people. And I always thought, Oh, I'm not going to be able to find anyone that is going to accept who I am. And that was like the early days. Yeah. um but now it's like you see commercials all the time or ads and people are now being aware of what's going on in our lives now
1: yeah and i think they're finally getting an understanding of how much goes into actually handling it and taking control of your di- control of your diabetes mm-hmm. um you know and i think that was a big lesson for my husband as well like he understood like carb counting and you know, what I can, and cannot eat and the low and the high. And I think a lot of people don't understand the low blood sugar aspect of it. I yeah. think he, he had to like really learn that. Like when I'm low, like don't give me insulin. Like that <laughs> yeah. was like my first thing I was like, do not give me insulin if I'm below 80, like, please don't. And now he's like, okay, like he always buys me candy. He's always got like a stack full in our, in our pantry, um, so I think that was like the biggest thing for me was like, when I'm low, like, please give me sugar, you know, yep. <laughs> because because everyone thinks like, Oh, they can't have sugar. That's how you got it. And you know, yeah. <laughs> all those stereotypes around that.
0: <laughs> what has diabetes taught you about yourself?
1: Um, I would say that if I'm stronger than I actually thought I was, um, Growing up, like I said, pretty girly. I don't like bugs. I don't like all that stuff. But I feel like as soon as I got diagnosed, I was like, I literally have to keep myself alive every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's either fight or flight at that point, you know, um, so definitely stronger than I thought.
0: You talked about your son Walker, um, earlier in the episode was becoming a mother, a hard topic between you and a husband, because what would diabetes do during the pregnancy or even after pregnancy, what would happen with your blood sugars and taking care of your diabetes?
1: It was a big conversation. Um, you know, diabetes has a role in every aspect of my life. So I told him, I said, you know, I don't even know if we can have kids. I don't know if you know, our son or daughter at the time, we didn't know, you know, are they going to be diabetic? You know, what's the you know outcome? So we definitely went to a few doctors, got some opinions and kind of just like weighed our options just to see. Um, and then we ended up getting pregnant. And they said that since I'm diabetic, uh, my son actually has a lower chance of being type one. Um, but if my husband was diabetic, he would have like a 60 to 80% chance. Of being diabetic. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. And I was like, okay, well, good. I'm glad my husband doesn't have it. You know, that was kind of like a positive in it. Um, but yeah, he, Walker so far is good. I've gotten him tested every time I take him to the doctors just because I'm in full panic mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, he's, he's a great kid and um, eats all the time. Like I can't get him to stop eating. <laughs> <So> <laughs> good. But no, he's, he hasn't had it so far. Knock on wood. So
0: during the pregnancy, did blood sugars get out of control or did you have any episodes of hypoglycemia, things like that?
1: No, I didn't have any hypoglycemia, um, but I did only have about three high blood sugars because I was pretty on it. I was doing MDIs during my pregnancy. Um, I didn't get a pump until after. So I was doing MDIs pretty much the whole time. And uh, I just felt like I was taking so much insulin. That was like the scariest part. But- um, I was doing pretty good. I think my A1Cs were about 6.5 during my entire pregnancy. So I'm not mad at that.
0: <laughs> and anyone's listening that doesn't know what 6.5, that is a pretty good range for us. Yes. I, yes. yes. Um, I was like, because we get listeners that don't know what these numbers are that we're talking right.
1: about.
0: <laughs> I know what the numbers are because I, <laughs> with. Talked about that you were afraid of needles, and then you're going to having to do shots and going to a pump. It's kind of lessening the amount of needles that you do have to take because you're not taking shots all the time. Was that a huge transition for you to go do something um different and kind of getting into the routine with a new product?
1: Yeah. It definitely took me probably seven years. Um, my endocrinologist doctor was like, Hey, get on a pump. I'm like, you know, I'm not doing it. I'm doing okay with MDIs. Um, I was just very self-conscious about getting on something new because I didn't want it to mess up my numbers in any way. Um, but then after I had Walker my blood sugars and a one C's and all of that were just so out of control. Um, and he loves to be held and he's two and I still hold him all the time. And I was so afraid that I was going to like poke him while I was taking a shot.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I like, just wanted to take that equation out completely. Um, So that's when I made the decision to get on a pump.
0: I know the pump, like it's scary getting on at first. Cause I had a time where the needle inside kinked and your pump doesn't tell you, oh, it's not flowing or any yeah, yeah. needle and passed out behind a customer service counter at work. And it's like, how am I supposed to know it's happening? So it's like the technology is so changing nowadays. You do a lot of content creation and seeing on your stories, you are very honest and real when you're sharing about your story and even showing pumps not working or the patches not going in or bleeding and things like that. How has that been for you to create that content to help other diabetics that maybe are struggling with similar things and give them the confidence to, we can do this. We're a team. Diabetics are all there for each other.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's originally why I started my Instagram. And, you know, now I'm on TikTok just because I wanted to reach more of a, audience because I was the same way. I was like, is anyone else's pump not working or is anyone else's blood sugar 400 after they eat something small? You know, I always, I was always finding myself reaching out or trying to look for other people going through the same experiences. Um, and now that, you know, I do have a a little bit of a platform. Um, I want to be real and honest because diabetes is so up and down and backwards and forwards that, Some days is not going to be the same day as yesterday, even though you did the same thing as yesterday and your blood sugar is 400 instead of one hundred and twenty. So I just wanted to show that like every day is different. And then you add mom life into it and then you add work life into it. And then you add just normal life and it's just like stress and all those things. It just takes a toll on your blood sugar. Um, you know, on your mental state, which, you know, that's what I've been really trying to work on is like mental state. Um, Because I feel like diabetes plays a role in that as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I just want to be real and honest and being like, this stuff happens and it sucks, but we're all in it together. And, you know, I always people will message me and be like, wow, this this has never happened. What did you do? I'll be like, if you ever have questions, like just DM me. I'm always on my phone. Like, just let me know. You know what I mean? Because not I don't always talk about what someone else is going through. But, you know, a lot of people message me and say, hey, this happened. What do you think? You know, so just give them that platform to reach out, really.
0: And especially with the platforms connecting with other diabetics, we're not here to tell you what to do. We're just giving our experience, our point of views. Mm -hmm. And we always say it might work for you or you can adapt in a way that fits your lifestyle by what we are doing in our lifestyle. So I think networking has been so key nowadays because- We get that time where we're like, oh, the doctor really doesn't know what we're going through, but Mm -hmm. another diabetic might know when you're getting those messages, Has there ever been a message that has hit you hard emotionally that you were like proud of what you have been doing with your platform?
1: I actually got one the other day um, about a girl who was thinking about getting pregnant and like starting a family and all this stuff. And my biggest thing when I was getting pregnant was give myself grace and, you know, you're going to have a high blood sugar, no matter what you have it, if you're pregnant or not. So I basically just wrote her like this paragraph was like, give yourself grace, give yourself, you know, time to adjust and things are going to happen. Just deal with it like you normally would and just was honest with her. You know, and then she messaged me a few days later and was like, I'm pregnant. Like, my blood sugars have been great. Like, it was just like a, like, this is so cool. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who this girl is, where she is, what's, I don't even, barely even know her name. But, <laughs> you know, we have connected on something that not a lot of people understand. You know, pregnancy and diabetes, like, it's a whole new world.
0: Is there anything that in the future with content creating that you're hoping to share with the public on your platforms?
1: Um, I would say probably we are planning on having another kid. Um, so I think taking everyone along more on that journey, I felt like I was so scared the first time, like, you know, my mother-in-law had a miscarriage and my sister-in-law has. So like I was afraid that was going to happen to me. Um, so I was very cautious on what I kind of shared, but now I want to be more involved in being like, someone else is going to go through this. Um, and someone else can relate to this on kind of whatever I go through. So just being more open and honest on everyday life with pregnancy, with not pregnancy, and all that.
0: As an entrepreneur, you mentioned you are a small business owner. Talk about creating that platform.
1: <laughs> that was uh, a few months in the making. Um, I've always found myself wanting to wear like diabetes merchandise, but I, wasn't a fan of how it looked. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very into like the classic tattoo kind of vibe. Um, you know, I have tattoos. My husband has sleeves, you know, my mom, everyone in my family has tattoos. So I kind of wanted to go off of that, but I wanted to bring it back to diabetes to spread that awareness that is, you know, so much needed. Um, so I actually started the anti-insulin insulin Insulin club. Um, it's a spinoff of a, company that is here like I don't know if it's anywhere else but I know it's in California um it's a spin-off of the anti-social social club so it's like you're social but you're not really social you know um and everyone thinks like anti-insulin like I don't want insulin it's just like anti like I don't make insulin I don't produce yeah. it in my body you know a lot of people get confused by that but it's just a fun way of making it diabetic related but not like Type one diabetes, you know, I feel like you just see type one diabetes everywhere. So I was trying to make it more of a a fun and cool way. And I wanted to make it where, you know, my husband isn't diabetic, but I wanted him to be like, oh, that's a cool shirt. Like I would wear that, you know. And then if a diabetic walks by, they're like, Oh my God, like I know exactly what that is. You know what I mean? So that was the the mindset of it. But yeah, I started that I probably a year and a half ago now. And um, it's been fun. It's as you can tell, my office is nuts. But um, I just do it outside of my house um, and I love it because I work on it when I want to work on it and it still makes me be able to stay home with Walker. So that's a lot of the reason why I did it.
0: With going to school for cosmetology and beca- being a teacher with cosmetology, did any of those skills that you learned from there from like, not like how to cut air and stuff, but those skills help you in creating this business or what you do in the day to day of the business?
1: I think so. Just because I like to be, like I said, hands-on and like creative. And like with this, I can like move things together and I make like coffee mugs and keychains, but I'm like kind of in there getting, you know, making these things. So I think that definitely helps just because I like to be hands-on. And again, I can't just sit here and (laughs) stare at a computer or anything all day. So (laughs)
0: When I saw the name of it, I'm like, I know what she was going for. with the yeah. anti because it's like diabetics know the inside joke of it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that the platform you mentioned is for not just diabetics, but even people that have know someone or someone living with diabetes, because it brings a broader market. And mm-hmm. it just shows the support of other people that we're all there to support each other. And I love that concept, because it's something that I don't want a product that says type one diabetic or I'm a diabetic. Cause it's like, it's you can tell I have the pump <laughs> on I'm a diabetic. I yes. am. I'm not trying to hide it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was 100%, you know, the thought behind it. And I know I have a lot of people being like, my husband genuine, genuinely liked the design that you made and wanted to, husband or wife, whoever, um, wanted to support me because I'm diabetic, but they also liked, you know, the design of it. So that's always been, you know, the feel good behind it too. Because again, it's not just for diabetics, but yep. it still spreads that awareness.
0: We've talked about you being a mother. What has been, a, being a mother has been the greatest moment for you?
1: Oh God, I, it sounds so cheesy, but a lot of it's very good. Don't get me wrong. There are times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my mind, but he's such a good kid. Um, and I think I cherish him more because he was actually a preemie. Um, he was 31 weeks when he was born. So he spent about almost seven weeks in the NICU. Um, so I, I just think I smother him that much more. You know, I'm just such a helicopter mom, but. Um, he's such a good kid the sweetest boy just always wants to hold my hand and give me kisses and hugs and but he loves like my husband and my in-laws like he's no no papa you know like he's just such a happy boy um but yeah he's just he's just the pride of my life
0: <laughs> sometimes people have their own opinions about stay-at-home moms, but you are someone that is taking advantage of a mission that you have with making sure that you're there for your child and doing everything to spend that quality time. But being a business owner, what would you tell people that are listening to this interview that are going through that same kind of path where they're at -at stay-at-home mothers, but they want to also try to branch out and try something new with becoming a business owner, getting back into the job force, but still being that stay-at-home mom?
1: I would say, give it a go. I mean, you know, it's hard because you're like, well, I'm so busy with my kids. And right now I only have one, so it's a little easier, but I've found that having this little small business has given me more of a healthier mental mindset because I do get stuck in the same routine every day. And I'm like, I'm in the house all day. Like, I feel like I'm just cleaning, cooking and taking care of a kid. And, you know, which is great. I don't want anyone else taking care of my kid, but I also need to do what's right for me. Um, And I take one or two days to work just on my business. I go drop them off at my mother-in-law's and I have a whole day by myself. Like, it's just such a big thing to remember that like, if I'm not good and I'm not taken care of, my son or your son or your daughter's not going to be taken care of because they come for you for comfort. So you need to be, you know, on your A game all the time. So I would say, you know, do it or do something that makes you happy. Find find an outlet to have a good mental health because that takes a huge toll on you, especially after kids.
0: Looking at your journey with diabetes and the path that you've been on, sometimes we're asked, would you change anything? But with diabetics, we can't really change anything except say, oh, we wish we didn't have it. But if you told someone that is newly diagnosed, what would be that first thing that you would want them to know about the journey that they're about to start on with diabetes?
1: I would say one, reach out to other people, especially if you're the only one in your family or you don't really know anyone. Um, because chances are, we're going through the exact same thing, no matter how long you've had it. Um, and just, Give yourself grace. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have ups, downs and everything in between. Um, so you've got to just give yourself grace. Sometimes when I'm 200, I'm like, whatever, it is what it is, <laughs> you know, but then I'll try all correct and, you know, figure it out, go for a walk or, you know, something like that. But beating yourself up over it, it's not going to change anything. So I think you just got to kind of roll with the punches.
0: As we've been on this journey and learning more about you, a lot of times our listeners like to learn more about the person. Talk about the things you enjoy nowadays. What are the activities you go do? What are the things that excite you every day?
1: Uh, so I am actually very much a homebody. I'd love to be home, <laughs> but then I get a little, you know, pep in my step and my husband's like, whoa, like, who are you, you know? <laughs> um, but we do love to go camping. Um, we have a fifth wheel. Um, and we had a side-by-side car, which is like one of those cars that go out in the desert and, you know, ride in the dirt, but, um, we actually don't have one of those anymore, but we like to go do that kind of stuff, you know, dirt bikes and motorcycles, um, which a lot of people don't know. I used to ride motorcycles growing up. Me and my brother would do that every once in a while, um, And we really like to do that. But I also just like to stay home and like be comfy and casual and just go to dinner and like come home. Like I'm just like, okay, I've had my little outing. Let's go back home. But I'm kind of a simple, boring person. I really am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Does your family have like a dream camping spot that you hope to go in the next year or two?
1: Um, we would love to travel more um, it's kind of hard with two year old right now yeah. but where we go all the time is Paso like Paso Robles like wine country Um, we go there as much as we possibly can it's only like four four and a half hours from our house so we go there and they have great campsites Um, so we go and have some wine and go back and Walker really likes to just go out and be out he totally gets that from his dad so every time we go out and you know go on a little adventure. He's like so happy running around causing havoc. So, um, we definitely like to go to Paso, but we would love to go to like Wyoming and like, you know, Yellowstone and like all those different places, but a little hard with the toddler right now.
0: (laughs) We kind of mentioned earlier how, like where people think that you're near LA, but with Southern California, having Walker being able to run around and stuff, has that helped where you're not being in the city life, but you're kind of out in your own property. He's able to explore and kind of be able to create, be creative in his own mind.
1: Yeah. And I definitely want him to be a kid. I want him to go outside. I want him to, you know, it's bound to happen. He's going to break a limb, you know, falling down or something. You know, he got scratches on his head all the time because he just is a relentless kid, but I want him to do that. I want him to explore things. And if, you know, he was like, you know, when he gets older and starts to ask more questions, like, Hey mom, let's go here. Okay. You know, like, let's go. I want him to figure it out himself. And I want him to understand like, Oh, I didn't like that. I like this better kind of thing, you know? So that's what I really want to, you know, put into his mind that he has that ability to go out and do pretty much whatever he wants, but you know, within boundaries, Um, you know, but he's got to figure it out. You know, I did as a kid. So
0: what do you have in future goals for yourself, both personally and professionally?
1: Um, I think they kind of both go in together. I would say obviously expand anti-insulin insulin club as much as I can. Um, I do work with little companies, uh, that are diabetic related, like teas and coffees and those kinds of things but i would love to work with like dexcom one day or i would love to work with omnipod because that's the pump that i use um just to be more of like make a business out of it be not mm-hmm. a business but more of a like this is my life so i want to work yep. in with what my life is if that makes sense <laughs>
0: No, I agree because it's like we're using these products all yeah. day. And it's like working with companies that we can even learn even more about why mm-hmm. did this company create this aspect of a pump or a CGM and things like that. I think it's so crucial. I mean, with yeah. platforms nowadays, it's it it's I don't see why they don't do that. Where yeah. it just spreads more awareness so that more people have the knowledge and information about these products.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I do get a lot of like, wow, you don't look diabetic. You know, you don't look like <laughs> you have diabetes. I can't get that. I can't even tell you how many times, you know, and I'm sure you do too. You don't yeah. look diabetic. You know what I mean? And I think that's another stereotype that I definitely want to just like cut out completely because it's like, and I thought that when I first got diagnosed, I thought you had to be overweight, you know, yeah, the whole like stereotypical kind of stuff. Um, And I want to cut that out completely. And I want to be like, look, I look like a normal everyday kind of person. Like, but I still have to deal with diabetes and I still wear a pump and I still wear a CGM and all those things. So it's not about how you look. It's just your body doesn't want to do what it wants to do anymore.
0: I really want to know what a type one diabetic is supposed to look like when people say to us, I'm like, what are you thinking? I'm (laughs) like And I think that has been my mission is. I try, I used to be the person I'm like, oh, I can't do that because of diabetes. But like if I went out in college, I see I got it when I was 10. So I'm on like 17 years. So I had to live the college life with it. And I always told myself, I can go to these parties just because I don't drink doesn't mean I can't have fun. I'm doing what's safe for me, but I'm still enjoying the life that I'm living because it's so important. Be a normal person. We just have to do an extra few things. But I'm living my life to the fullest. Like I've signed up for stuff to do because I don't want to say diabetes is defeating me or trying to take advantage of me not doing the things I want to do.
1: Absolutely. I honestly could not agree with you anymore. And like, you know, like I said earlier in the, the podcast that it I, when I got on my like gym journey, I never thought I could go to the gym because I thought I would just drop so low and like pass out. But like it helped me so much mentally and like lower my insulin intake. Like it's amazing what it actually helped me with other than just like my mental state. Um, and it's like, that's, I loved it, you know, and going out and going on hikes. I see so many people on my Instagram going on hikes and running marathons and traveling and doing like normal everyday things. And they're like, we just got to check our blood sugar for five minutes, you know, like it's not that big of a deal. So you're definitely capable of doing whatever you want to do. It just takes an extra few steps to get there.
0: 100% agree. The final question I'll ask you, for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge?
1: I would say make as many diabetic friends as you can
0: because it's always
1: good to understand <laughs> that you're not the only one. <laughs> um, and I would say, again, just give yourself grace and every single day. Um, life is hard. Diabetes is hard. Everything is hard. But if you have a good mindset and you wake up with a good attitude and you you have a good vibe overall, you're going to overcome a lot more than you think. I think a lot of mental state comes from negative energy and negative thoughts. So if you have that, or you can find a way to kind of switch it off, then you will get more results on more than you think.
0: Well, Jessica, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we are excited to see what the future looks like for you.
1: Thank you. I'm. Thank you. I, that was a very fun podcast. I'm very glad we did this.
0: <laughs> Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel through the full length episode and video format. What path do you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.